Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Try to just change things up a little bit. Time to talk some motorsport. Have we ever been in a better place in motorsport in this country? When you look around the world, Shane Van Gisbergen, he's going to be in NASCAR next year. You've got Scotty McLaughlin, Scott Dixon doing all things in the Indy cars. And really the only thing missing is Formula One. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Because Liam Lawson gets a drive, comes in to the Dutch Grand Prix and we're going to talk a little bit about this now with Cam Vanden Dungen I think I've pronounced that right now he along with Carl Reindler are starting a Formula One show which will be played across SEN and SENZ it's called Gridwalk and it starts on the 3rd of September and it runs right through to the end of November and Cam joins us on the program Cam good afternoon welcome yeah, thank you very much. What a time to be a Kiwi in motorsport, a country that has a long and rich fabled uh, history in Formula One, starting with Bruce McLaren, now has young Liam Lawson, who we thought was overlooked for the drive when Daniel Ricciardo got picked ahead of him. But now he gets a chance and probably two races, maybe three, to show just how good he can be behind the wheel of a Formula One car. Yeah, it is a great story, isn't it? And as you mentioned, Denny Holm, I think the only New Zealand driver to ever win a Formula One World Championship, Chris Amon. And uh, as I said, our driver's doing great things overseas, but you want to have a point of view on Formula One. We do finally have one. Firstly, the injury to Daniel Ricciardo. Just give us a little bit of background into that. How did that occur? Yeah, during uh, practice on the, the Friday, so which uh, we have three practice for those that aren't uh, followers of Formula One, three practices that lead into qualifying, two on Friday, one on Saturday, and then we race on Sunday. In the second of those two free practice sessions, Oscar Piastri, a driver from Australia, a young rookie on the dro- uh, um, out there at, at Zandvoort in the Netherlands, had a spin at a turn in his McLaren. Daniel Ricciardo had two options available as he came around the corner. It's very tight, very twisty, hard to see as you make your way around the track. He either hit Oscar Piastri or went into the barrier. He chose to go into the barrier but didn't have time to remove his hand from the steering wheel and unfortunately broke his hand as a result. Now, he's already flown off to go and have his hand fixed. He said Singapore is his target. That's coming up in a couple of races' time, but he's definitely going to miss Monza. Now, Liam Lawson was in the paddock already because he's the reserve driver for both the Red Bull main team and also Alpha Tauri, which is the sister team, and the seat we thought he was going to get when Nick DeVries was removed. So unfortunate for Daniel Ricciardo, but um, Liam Lawson has been a driver that we, as motorsport fans globally, have been desperate to see behind the wheel. Oscar Piastri was one of his chief rivals through Formula 3, through Formula 2, and both Oscar Piastri and Logan Sargent, two of his other competitors, were in Q3 this weekend. So we're seeing this rise of youngsters coming through, and it was going to be a shame if we didn't see Liam Lawson behind the wheel of a car. Yeah, qualifying 20th for the Dutch Grand Prix, so last on the grid. Um, did you expect more from him? I mean, how difficult is no, it? And no, no. How, yeah. how, how nervous would he have been? And tell us a little bit about the car he's in. Yeah, so he's in a car that is effectively last in the championship anyway. Nick DeVries, it was, it's last in the constructors, and that car in particular is listed as dead last in the, the world championship. So not a huge amount to expect from him there. He's rolled into a track that um, he's... <laughs> 
He hasn't had a chance to drive in uh, in any sort of Formula One format. He's been racing Super Formula in Japan recently to keep his eye in, but nothing compares to Formula One. So he's gone to one of the trickiest tracks in the world, in Zandvoort. Very hard to get a handle on. It's got banked turns, only one real line. Throw in a bit of rain as well. So he's had to roll in in FP3 and then qualifying on his first day in the car. He's never driven an intermediate tyre. He's never done a long run on the hard compound tyre, which they'll be running this weekend in the race. The fact that he didn't put it into a wall is a testament to the skill of the young driver. Yes, he qualified a bit off the pace, but that was not unexpected. Uh, I think he did a great job. I think he did a very, very good job. And it's really going to be Monza when he gets a full weekend, which is the next event we have, that will get a good read on him. Essentially, all he has to do right now is have a clean race uh, tonight and, uh, and make sure he can try and salvage some points. But it's a very difficult track to pass on. Yeah, you mentioned that it's not a great car that he's in. So how does he make an impression if he's ultimately in a donkey? Yeah, so that, that comes down to putting his head down the, and working with the team. More than us as externals watching on, I mean, we get some different data feeds if you've got the apps and other bits and pieces, but really it's the team internally analysing him. What they're going to look for is consistency in terms of his lap times and his speed, his ability to adjust on the fly, how he takes direction, how he feeds back the communication as to what's happening in the car and what he needs from the car. Um, and really, uh, Yuki Sonoda is his main teammate. So you always measure a driver in Formula One based on the speed of their teammate. So whilst we use the term teammates, it's not like football codes. You know, at, with the All Blacks where you've actually got a teammate, your, your chief rival in Formula One is the person in the same car as you. Now, Yuki Sonoda managed to get through to another segment of qualifying, but he's only, he got a penalty for impeding Lewis Hamilton during qualifying. So he's only starting three grid spots in front of Liam Lawson. So I guess what we will all be watching as massive Formula One fans is how close can Liam Lawson get to Yuki Tsunoda, remembering he's a rookie who's been thrown in at the deep end mid-race weekend. Okay. Can you just run us through? I've just got someone texting in here just wanting to know how qualification works. Um, how yeah, What's actually involved with that? Yeah. So we have three phases in qualifying. So qualifying one is when all cars are out on track. So they send 20 cars out on track. They get 15 minutes to, to basically not be in the last five. So you want to get a good lap time in and make sure you're not in the bottom five. Liam Lawson finished 20th in qualifying one, which meant he was effectively knocked out for the rest of the qualifying sessions. He was um, a few seconds off the pace, but as I said before, that was not unexpected. He hasn't blotted his copybook for want of a better term, as a result of that. Uh, the top 15 from that first qualifying go through to qualifying two. They do the same thing again and knock out the bottom five. And then in the final qualifying segment, qualifying three, we have the top 10 running for 10 minutes. Uh, we had two red flag sessions last night, which means we have the race or the, the session stopped and all cars have to go back to the, uh, the, the, um, the, the pit lane and wait for the track to be cleaned. And, and essentially, we only had a one-lap race to the flag in qualifying segment three, of which Max Verstappen was incredible. It was one of the all-time one-lap dashes to a flag. He was just a level above everybody else. Mm. Fascinating. So you're saying to me that Liam Lawson then, so, so, so in terms of total time on this Formula One track, how much time has he actually had? Uh, I mean, to get used to it, to understand the, 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 the curves, the bends, the... Yeah. Yeah, he's had one free practice and he's had a he's had a um, a qualifying session. That's all he's had out there. 
and he hasn't driven on the compound of tyres. So he's done some testing. He's their test driver, but he's never driven on the intermediate compound. And they're racing mm. on the hardest compound tyre because this is a, a track uh, tonight. It's most likely going to be dry. There's a bit of rain around, but it'll most likely be dry. So he's never done a long tyre run on the hard compound tyre. So he's driving a car that he's never really done more than testing in, in a race distance with one practice session under his belt. The Japan Formula Championship, um, Formula 2, Formula 3, how different's the car to what you drive in Formula 1 and what are those differences? Yeah, very very good question. So um, for drivers that are trying to make their way through to Formula 1, like Liam Lawson has been on the way through, the traditional path is, uh, a more traditional path lately, is Formula 4 into the FIA Formula 3 World Championship, which Liam did, into Formula 2 and then hopefully into Formula 1. Unfortunately, Liam missed that step between Formula 2 and Formula 1. The closest category globally we can get to a Formula 1 car in terms of power and downforce and tyres is Super Formula in Japan. So it's, it's a step above Formula 2 in terms of horsepower, but nothing prepares you for the grip and the speed of Formula 1. Uh, I've seen some interesting interviews with a lot of young drivers that have come through that say, the bit that they struggle to cope with is their neck strength. Now, Liam will have been using Super Formula to get his neck strength up to be able to cope with this, but it is going to be a massive load on his body tonight. When he goes out there and races, they will just about have to pick him up out of the car, like we saw when Nick DeVries, who drove the car that um, Liam's in now, Nick DeVries drove a Williams last year as a super sub, as a fill-in, and he got a main seat drive this year as a result of an exceptional result. But at the end of that race, they actually physically had to lift him out of the car because he had no strength left in his body, in his arms or in his neck. I want to ask you this because, you know, you see athletes compete in individual sports and do well and then they go to the Olympic Games and suddenly there's all these peripheral things. It's it's just so much greater than the sum of its parts and you've got games, opening ceremonies, villages, media and of course the Olympic rings hovering there which can impact people. I'd imagine that going from Formula 4, Formula 3, Formula 2 as we talked about the Formula Series in Japan to suddenly Formula 1, how important is it that you get ahead around Formula 1, the brand and you get your head around it real early and yeah. deal with the peripheral things that go with that to go with the legend of it and the aura that surrounds it? That, that's a very, very good question and a very good point. One of the good things about Liam Lawson, he's been part of the Red Bull Driver Academy. So he's been in and around a Formula One paddock. He's been in and around that world as a test driver on site, going with all the drivers, seeing what they go through. So he's not being thrown into the deep end in that regard. And this, this feeder category now of F3 and F2, they do a lot of media now. They have to do a lot of driver appearances. So the, the periphery, the extras that come your way, um, whilst they will still be a step up if he is able to achieve a full-time drive, it won't be, um, how do I put it, it won't be over um, overwhelming for Liam, particularly this weekend because there's no expectation. Monza might be slightly different when we go there next week, but he's raced, he's raced in Monza before. So that won't be a huge concern. One thing I know, and I've, I've been lucky enough to interview Liam when he was a, a kid, a 15-year-old kid racing around the, the tracks in New Zealand and Australia over the journey. He is one of the most level-headed junior drivers I've ever come across. And I, he was like that when he was 15. He was just such a remarkably focused young kid. And I put him in line with Oscar Piastri, the Australian rookie, who's just impressing the world right now with his approach to racing. 
I've I've been really looking forward to those two duking it out because I can see one day, hopefully in the future, we could have a world champion between one of those two, hopefully both. You'll probably claim him as yours, won't you? That's generally what happens, and New Zealander does well. He's pretty quickly <laughs> adopted by all of Australia. <laughs> well, I've also dealt with Shane Van Gisbergen a lot over the years and Scotty McLaughlin when he was a young driver as well, and they are fiercely patriotic, and there is no way we would ever be able to claim them. Yeah. It's incredible, though, when you think what we do in Australia and New Zealand and how we fight it out at the top echelon of the sport. The fact that we've got two Australian Formula One drivers that are competed this year, we've got a Kiwi back in Formula One again, I think we can point to the rest of the world in that northern hemisphere and say we overachieved down here and we're going to keep pushing drivers your way. Cam Vandenungen is my guest on the program. We are talking motorsport. We are talking Formula One. Cam, you've got a show starting on SEN, SENZ next week, along with uh, Carl Reindler. Tell us a little bit about Gridwalk. Yeah, so I've been commentating Formula One in Australia um, and Singapore since 2016. I've been involved in the sport my whole life. My father was involved in it when it first came to Australia in 85 and is still heavily involved in it. I was lucky enough to work on a little program uh, on Netflix called Drive to Survive that took off and changed yep, the sport brilliant. incredibly. It's changed sport all over the world. And, uh, and one of my very good mates, Carl Reinler, he was my housemate when he first uh, went into supercars, came back from racing British Formula 3, lived with me in Melbourne in Australia when he was a, a, a supercars driver. And uh, he's now the Formula One medical car driver. So he's out there in the paddock. And between the two of us, we've grown up together. We love Formula One and we want to bring a conversation like you and I are having right now to a sport that we dearly love. And I know the audience in New Zealand and the audience in Australia are so excited. And I'm really wrapped. We'll be having our first show for the Monza event next Sunday on the 3rd. And we will have a Kiwi driver on the grid. And we will be talking about how he qualified. So we hope on SENZ people are tuning in if they want to join the conversation it starts 10 p.m uh, new zealand time and it's the lead up the build up to the race so we want everybody to come in and talk if you've got a favorite driver or you've got a topic you want us to cover we'll get into whatever it is our listener wants to uh, wants to talk about oh brilliant absolutely looking forward to it. hey thank you for joining us on the program this afternoon some wonderful insight and uh, look, I, I know I probably asked those remedial questions, but uh, hopefully a lot of people out there may be curious about those little things that I was curious about. So thank you for uh, showing great respect and answering them. No, no worries. I'm, I'm looking forward to having everyone join us on SENZ next Sunday night. Hey, fantastic. Thank you. There you go, Cam Vandenbregen joining us here on Dungan on the programme, talking all things Formula One. Do keep an eye on that grid walk across SEN, SENZ. You are listening to SENZ here in New Zealand, of course. Telephone numbers 0800 150811. You can text us here on 8833. Do we understand the achievements here of Liam Lawson? What can we expect from him? Is motorsport in the best place it's ever been in? You've got Hartley winning Le Mans. We've talked about the success that we're having in Indy cars. Shane Van Gisbergen about to go and take on NASCAR. One on debut. Liam Lawson now hopefully in F1. Hopefully can secure a drive in the long term. Hopefully that then means the rest of the world start looking at New Zealand even more. And it's not just about bringing money to get a drive, but actually saying, you know what, we want these New Zealanders based on merit.